0: Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Well, my name, for those of you who might not know me, my name is Noel. I am an attendee here at C3 in Kelowna. I am not part of the leadership team. I, I, I really, I just, I, my call, the thing that God has put on my heart is to teach people. And today we are really going into the last of our series on contrast community. We're talking about the whole idea of this contrast community being something that, what is it that separates us? What sets us as believers, sets us as Christians apart from the rest of the world? And interestingly enough, this when, when they asked me to share this message, uh, this message, I actually had this message on my heart months ago, like long before they asked me to share on this topic or or to share anything for this day. I've had this on my heart for a very long time to share something that I I have been doing and practicing. And uh, this is gonna be a little bit different today. It's gonna be a little bit different for everybody. I've been praying for months that God would bring exactly the right people to the room today. And the people that are watching online, It's exactly the people that need to be hearing this message today. I believe that 100%. If you're in this room or if you're watching online, this message is absolutely for you. And this is what what the the title of my message today is uh, Into the Presence of God. And I want to just kind of frame this. If we're talking about the things that separate us from that, that contrast us from the rest of the world. It's that we as believers, you and me, we have a right to step into the presence of Almighty God any time we want. The world doesn't have that. The world doesn't get to access. Uh, John fourteen verse seventeen says the world cannot receive him, the Holy Spirit, because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. This is a this is a a, a a really interesting thing. The world does not have this access, but we are given access into the Almighty presence of God. Now, yes, when we get born again, we receive. The holy spirit we see, receive the a measure of the holy spirit then we we go and we get baptized in the holy spirit and we get the fullness of that experience we have jesus we have him with us and the bible says that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother right but here's the thing he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother but he's also king of the universe He is our friend and we can talk to him and I talk to him every single day. I, and in fact, I've gotten to the point now where when, when, I'm, when I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing, I'll be driving somewhere and something will pop into my head and I'll be like, yeah, but Lord, what about this other thing? And I'll talk to him like that. And I've been trying to train myself because I've been spending time in his word and all this thing. I've been trying to train myself to, to hear those Hear his response. When, and, and whenever I sense something that comes into my heart that I think might be him, I measure it against what I know in the Bible and I go, is that right? Okay, that sounds like it's right in the word. Okay, so that is the Holy Spirit speaking back to me and telling me what's going on here and helping me understand. So yes, he's that friend that sits closer than a brother. I hear it in my spirit. I hear it inside. But at the same time, there is another place with him that I can get to that I can go to, where he is. It's like if I have a good friend, my friend can come over to my house, but I can also go over to his house. Makes sense? Okay. But how do you? What, what is? What is the purpose of getting into the presence of God? Like, why would we want to do that? I mean, if He's with us all the time, why would we want to take this extra step and actually go into His place? Uh, there's and, and and here's a really kind of an idea of this. Uh, frequently my wife. She's doing school right now and I'm, I'm downstairs and I'm working on something and, you know I'm on my computer doing something like that. I'm working on my stuff and she's working on hers in another part of the house and sometimes she'll just pick up her computer and come downstairs and sit on the couch next to me just to be in my presence. Or sometimes she'll be doing something and I'll just get up and walk up and stand there in the kitchen next to her just to be in her presence because that's part of the relationship. We want to go where each other is. Yes, Jesus comes and he's in our hearts, he's with us, but we also have to go to him sometimes. We have to spend time in there. All right. Uh, Now, when we start doing this, and I want to go through this quickly because this uh, this is something we're actually going to do this today. All of us, this is going to be audience participation today, and I know if if <laughs> I know everybody's like, Oh, yay! I'm I, I know honestly, I seriously, when when Pastor Josiah gets up and says, All right, everybody, I, you're all going to participate, I'm the guy going, Oh, no, <laughs> I want to be the one sitting there with my arms crossed judging the pastor, I don't want to be participating. But today, this isn't about participation, making a fool of yourself, or anything like this, this is. This is each one of us, we are going to be stepping through this together. This is a, a let's do this and understand what this process looks like. Okay, a couple of, I'm going to explain why this is important. Yes, you want to spend time in his presence, but the more you spend time in his presence, where you're taking the time to go to him, when you spend time in his presence, he can start operating in you on a much greater level. And I'm going to give you three very quick stories. I'm not going to go into all the details because I want to get through these. I just want you to understand what's going on here, but three very, very quick stories. First story, a few months ago I was, uh, I work from home most of the time, but uh, I went into the office and I was uh, in the office for the morning and about lunchtime, I was driving home. And where my office is, I have to drive past on, down Gordon, past the 7-Eleven on the corner of Bernard and Gordon. Okay, And as I'm driving past, across that intersection, I notice over on the sidewalk, right by 7-Eleven, there is a man lying on the ground on the sidewalk. There is a uh, fire truck there with the lights flashing. There is an EMT on that guy doing chest compressions, and the guy is completely unresponsive. He is not responding to the chest compressions at all. He is just unresponsive. And the EMT is working. There's a couple of people standing around, but the guy's not moving. And as I'm driving by, I see that. And I, I'm, you know, you always kind of like, everybody always wants to stare and look as you drive by this thing and whatnot. And as I'm sitting there, I sense this thing inside of my heart, pray for that guy. And I'm like, I don't know what to pray about this. I'm like, okay, sure, Lord. Uh, and I just, I just trying to be obedient in that moment. You know, you just go, okay, Lord, if it's his time to go, Lord, don't let him expire until his spirit has called out to you and gotten right with you. But then I said, if it is not his time to go, make sure the EMTs can revive him so that he can fulfill the purpose in his life. As I'm driving home, I think to myself, I'm never going to find out whatever happened to that guy. Like it's just one of those things that just you yeah, drive by. But two days later, I look on um, the news. There there was an article on one of the news sites that I like, and it's talking about a guy that was in full cardiac arrest on the sidewalk next to the 7-Eleven, and the EMTs were able to revive him. And I was like, oh, yeah, God. (laughs) This is awesome. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the only reason why that guy Lived. I'm saying what happened was the Holy Spirit put it on my heart and I was beating, but I was, I was hearing that. Okay. Story number two, story number two. The other day, uh, a couple few weeks ago, I'm driving my daughter to work and we get about halfway to her work. And she says to me, she says, dad, I've had a really bad feeling all day. Something is, something's wrong. Can we pray? Can we pray? So I'm like, and I kind of asked her, I said, what, what do we want to pray about? And she said, okay, well, you know, and she gave me a couple of ideas and, and we prayed about those things. But as we started, we started praying and we started praying about some very specific things. We started saying, okay, Lord, uh, we just pray for all the other vehicles around us on the road. We pray for all of the other, um, we pray for the, you know, where she works. We pray for that that place where she works. We pray for all the people in there. And I dropped her off. And then when I'm driving home, I prayed for a couple more minutes. I'm like, Lord, just protect, you know, plead that blood of Jesus over everybody around her work, all the things that are going on there. I just plead the blood of Jesus and I thank you so much that you are are protecting her. You're taking care of that place. You're taking care of all the vehicles around her, all that stuff. And then I got home. The next day, this is right around Christmas time. The next day we were at uh, Steph's parents' house and one of Steph's aunts texts, Hannah I think, or no, texts uh, Steph, my, my wife, and says, is Hannah okay? And we're like, that's a weird thing to, to write. So I opened up my phone and I opened up Castanet, the news site. My daughter works at Montana's. And that next day, when we were at that other thing, a car crashed through Montana's Now, what's interesting is there was the girl that that my, my daughter's a host at Montana's. One of the other hosts that was working that night was taking some people to the spot, that little patio area. And the people asked, can we sit at this specific table? And the host had it on her heart, just said, no, you know what, that's usually cold, but I'll sit you at the table next to it. And sure enough, the table that they had wanted to sit at was the table that got destroyed by the car going through the building. Now, the reason I'm, I'm bringing these up, the reason I'm telling you these stories, is because as you spend time seeking Him and getting into His presence, you'll start to see more happening. A long time ago, I asked, I said, I was looking at that word that says, you know, these works and greater you will do, and I was thinking to myself, God, where's the greater? Like I want the greater. I want more than just the simple. Oh, I got a good parking spot at Walmart. You know, like I want. I want more than that. And and it really, it really started to come on my heart. Well, spend time with me. He actually challenged me and said, "This. Are you willing to give up what you need to give up in order to get the greater?" So over the next few minutes, we're going to do this fairly quickly. And I want to. So I'm not. How this is going to work today is um, we are going to talk about a, a step, we're going to talk about a, a particular direction. Now, we've got a slide that we're going to put up on screen here for you that uh, can show you. This is actually a uh, a representation of the process and what you're seeing here is actually the old in the Old Testament when the priests had to uh, when, when God wanted to meet with his people he set up this thing called the tabernacle it is a uh, basically a big courtyard area that is fenced off and it has all these different things in inside of it on the east side of it and you can see there's the kind of a northwest southeast thing uh, there's a gate now, I've actually, you see there's a link up there, a little www.bit.ly forward slash. If you actually pull out your phone and put that link in there, you can get access to this. And this is actually going to give you this particular image. Plus, it's going to give you the actual steps that we're going to go through today. Every one of these things, you see one, two, three, four, five, six. These are the steps that we're going to take. It's basically six steps that God lays out in the word on how to get into his presence. And this is a visual representation of it. And now I know I'm th- I know a couple of you are probably going to have this thing in your head that's like, oh, this is Old Testament. I thought the Old Testament was done away with. The Old Testament was fulfilled by Jesus. But here's the thing. Remember I said that God is also king? God is also king. Uh, if you've ever run a business or been an employee in a, in a business, then in order for that business to be successful, there has to be processes and systems put in place that get something done in order for that place to be successful there has to be systems and processes in place okay so now if you have that on your phone if you have that coming up it might ask you for your google account or something like that that's great just let it say your thing and you should have access to the whole thing now As we do this, we're gonna walk through this fairly quickly. How this is gonna work is I'm gonna just basically describe, you know, step one, here's what it is, very brief. And then as a group, we're going to practice it. We're gonna do it together for a minute or so. Then we'll move on to step two. And we're gonna basically, each of us, all of us together, uh, step into his presence today. Now, a couple of things that I need to uh, set a couple of expectations as we do this. First expectation. Some of you are not going to go all the way through this process today, and that is perfectly okay. All right. If you're not, if you can't make it all the way through, don't worry about that. Uh, some of you are going to feel nothing. This isn't about your feeling. Yeah. Okay. You might not feel goosebumps. You might not feel anything. What's going to happen is as we get through this, you'll notice a sense of peace in your heart starting to, there'll be a little bit more peace. There'll be something inside you, but it won't be a feeling. Okay. Uh, sometimes I don't feel anything. Sometimes I feel goosebumps. Sometimes I feel like a, a whole, like, a, like oil is pouring over my head. But it just depends on the situation, depends on the time. It's not about those feelings. But here's the thing that I want to I say is, is, as we do this today, God said to me when I was preparing this message, he actually promised me for each of you in this room, he said, if you are all willing to do this in this room today, you will go further into the presence of God than you have ever gone before. Would anybody like that today? Would anybody like to go into the presence of God? I know I would. And you online, if you're following today, follow along. It's going to move fairly quickly, but it doesn't have to go. It doesn't have to take a long time. That's the thing about this. It doesn't have to be something that takes a really long time. It's something that goes quickly. Many times I can do this process myself in like five, ten minutes. And then I'm, I know where I'm in, and then the prayer that comes out is just so much more incredible. Okay, so we're gonna do this. Okay, part one. i to bring. Can we bring that back up again? There. Um, part one is the gate, and it's and there's a number of different elements here, and I'm gonna just gonna walk through these very briefly. The first gate, the first part is the gate. The second one is this uh, altar. There's an altar there, and then there's something called a, a brazen laver. If you can't see all the words up there, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. But you see the kind of a square and a circle right kind of around number two there. We're going to walk through those. Then there's this sort of tent, and there's two parts to that tent. There's an like a bigger section called the holy place. And then there's a smaller section called the most holy place or the holy of holies or sometimes called the secret place. And uh, inside those, there's different emblems. And we're going to walk through each of these. So the first one is the gate. And Psalm 100 verse 4 says... I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, or basically enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You see, when the priests were doing this in the Old Testament, they had to basically walk through those gates. They had to be saying praises to God. They had to be thanking him for the goodness of God. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to just mention this as we do this. We're going to do this together. We're going to take like 30 seconds and we're just going to give thanks and praise to him. You are good. Thank you, God, for what you've done. If the only thing you can thank him for is the fact that he saved your own soul, thank him for that. If if you can thank him for something that's awesome that's happened recently, thank him for that. Okay. Now, but you might also be thinking, well, before I can do that, I got to get something right with my heart. That's coming next. Okay. Come. That comes after. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, all right. So, and the reason why this is important as we jump into this is, this one thing. A few months ago, we had Scott and Johanna come over to our house for, for dinner, okay? And we had a great time with their kids. Now imagine if Scott and Johanna, they drove up to our house, they got out of their car, they walk up to the door, they ring the doorbell, we answer the door and they're like, "Oh, thank you so much for for in, you know this time together. Thank you so much that you we, we you know uh, thank you for so much for the invite. We're so happy to be here. We're so glad that we could do spend some time with you." And then they turn around and walk back to their car and drive away. This is like step one, but we have to move past this step. So I want to we're going to take this time, but then we're going to go into step two. Okay, so let's just take 30 seconds. And just thank him for whatever comes to mind. Give him praise. Thank you, just so. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for everything you've done. You are good. Lord, you are good. Thank you. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank 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 you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Good. Good. Hallelujah. All right. Now, the first thing that we want to talk about is when we get in there. We're going to bring that uh, image back up again because we want to talk about this part two. Number step number two here is there's an altar. There's this spot where they would actually bring the sacrifice. The, they had to bring like an actual animal, and people would bring their their animal to the uh, priest. The priest would actually like slit the thing's throat, they would butcher this animal, put it on, they would cut it up into different pieces. and they would uh, they, there was actually near this, there was a, a pole that had fire. and this fire was actually had been lit by God the very first time they set this 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 area up. And they had to keep that fire burning for all time. Like basically they basically had to keep that fire all the time going. They never were never allowed to let it go out. And so they had to take that fire and put it on the altar and let it burn up the sacrifice. And uh, then once they were done that, they would then turn around, because this is bloody, messy business, they would actually go and wash their hands in this circular thing called the, the laver or the wash basin, essentially. And what this represents for us is... Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He's called the Lamb of God because the Lamb, he was the Lamb that was sacrificed on the altar. And the wash basin represents that when he did what he did, it allowed us to be washed clean. We're clean. So now what we're going to do, how this is going to work now, Hebrews 11, uh, Hebrews 11 Hebrews 10, sorry, 11 and 12 says this. Under the old covenant, the priest offers the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away our sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. That's Jesus. He's the perfect lamb. He offered himself on that altar for all of us. Now that that wash basin in Ephesians 5, uh, verse 25. I want to show you this. This is really interesting because this, this particular thing says, Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean and washed by the cleansing of God's word. Now, the Bible says that John chapter 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. He is the perfect sacrifice. When he died, he cleansed us of all of our sins. Now, here's the thing. As we go through this step, as we walk through these step 1, step 2, in this particular step, what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment. If there is something on your heart you need to get right, this is your opportunity right now. This is the point. But what we're going to do is we're not going to get stuck there. We're going to thank you, God, that you forgive me for whatever it is you need to get rid of. If you don't have anything on your heart that you need to get rid of, thank you that you cleansed me, that you were the perfect sacrifice for me. And then you're gonna turn around and say, thank you, God, that I am washed clean. I recognize that I am washed clean. Okay, so let's just take 30 seconds and do that, exactly that. So thank you, Father, that, Lord, I am, you you were the perfect sacrifice for me. I am washed clean. I don't have that to deal with the sin. I don't have to deal with the consequences of that. Thank you that I am perfectly free from this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now Now we are at this point, I want you to remember that you are washed clean at this point. You are washed clean. There is no, the Bible says that, God, that Jesus is coming back for a spotless church. This is what makes us spotless. How do you make sure that when you have to, you know, keep your clothes clean? You wash it, right? And there's an option here. There's a spot where we go through and we wash this. Now. Uh, if we can bring that thing back up again, uh, the thing. Now we're going into step three here. This is the holy place. This this area, this bigger area in this tent. Now, when you first stepped through the holy place, uh, you ha- they had to take some of that fire with them into this place because the first thing they had to do was something called the golden menorah. It was a golden. It was a bunch of candlesticks, and what's really interesting about this. Menorah is that it was about, uh, from what I've heard, what I've read, is about five feet wide, and it was a number of candles on this menorah. You've all seen the Jewish menorah symbol and various things. And the priest had to take that fire that they brought from the altar and they had to light each of those candles. Now, what's really interesting, that thing being five feet wide, if you were standing in front of it and you were lighting all the candles, once they were all lit, there was no shadow that you could see. There's no shadow. It lit up the entire room. The scripture says in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now, as we go through this process, as you start working through this, you're going to find that there are uh, moments in your prayer time, as you're approaching God like this, you're going to find that there will be scripture that starts to come up, There'll be something that as you've been reading throughout, you know, and this is one of the beautiful things about reading the Bible, as you do it regularly, you'll be reading something and maybe your brain doesn't even necessarily register everything that you read. But as you get to this part where you're allowing God to bring things up, those things that maybe you didn't recognize you were reading will now start to bubble up and God will bring to remembrance certain scriptures. He'll start to speak to you about certain things because he's giving you a lamp for your feet. There's an awesome story. I, I don't remember the name. I think the book is called Like a Mighty Wind. Um, but there's a story of this missionary group that goes into South America in the jungle and under the canopy where it gets like certain parts of that canopy can actually block out all the light. And it's almost pitch black in there. You can hardly see where you're going. It's like walking through the jungle at night. And what God would do, these people were trying to get through to some uh, tribes to be able to share the gospel and God had sent them that way. And basically what he would do, because they couldn't see, they didn't have any flashlights, they didn't have, this is many years ago, they didn't have enough to be able to get around. He would basically supernaturally shine a light right in front of them and they just had to step into the light and they would just step in and then he would just move the light to another spot. They ended up crossing rivers, crossing, vast sections of the jungle just following god just stepping into the light beautiful story but the whole and it was all representative of the fact that whatever word was revealed to them now this is the beautiful thing about our 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 relationship with god we don't have to have like the bible has so much to know but we're really only responsible to step in the light that we know in the moment not responsible for everything that's in the bible all right, so what we're gonna do uh, as we practice this is if there's a scripture that comes up in your heart, something that's that's the, uh, a situation. Now, I'll, I'll give you a good example of this, uh, something that we've been dealing with in our home. Uh, the Lord actually gave me some very, very specific scriptures to speak over that, actually putting our family members in the scripture name, like naming them in the scriptures. We apply that scripture to that situation on a regular basis. So if the Lord is dealing with you about something, Put that scripture to it. If you don't have anything in your heart right now, just at this moment, thank him that he's got scripture for you, that that, that his word is a lamp for your feet and a guide for your path, you know? Okay, so we're just going to take... 30 seconds again just thank him for that scripture that word that will guide us where we need to go so thank you father that you have a a direction for us you have scripture that guides us where we need to be thank you that there is a a place where we can step into next and it's all based on your word based on what you did allowing us to be able to be in the right direction the right place that you want us lord god Hallelujah. All right. If we can bring up that thing again, the next element here is uh, number four is something called the table of showbread. And this is a really interesting little thing because the table of showbread was a table. that was fairly long, probably about as long as this little carpet I'm standing on here. And it actually had 12 loaves of bread. Each, each loaf of bread was representative of each tribe of Israel that, were, that was part of it. And what's really interesting about those 12 loaves of bread was that uh, at the time, the, pe- the 12 tribes of Israel were, were, of Israel were all of God's people. Now, there's a really interesting thing. This was the table of showbread, not the shelf of showbread. It was a table in the Hebrew culture. One of the interesting things about a table was that it was a representative representation of, uh, intimacy. You didn't actually have someone over to eat dinner unless you were close to that person. It was an intimate thing with that person. This represents, and, and, and here's another, uh, there's actually another piece to this as well that, uh, the bread that's on there is representative of life. It's representative of, of his provision for us. Uh, John six thirty five 35 says, uh, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And obviously that's not talking about your physical hunger and stuff like that. What it's talking about is your spiritual steps. Now, taking a look at that, we're going to, Think about this thing. God wants intimacy with his people. We are his people. He will give us that life. So take just a few seconds here and just say, just thank him that he wants that relationship with you, that he wants that closeness with you. Father, thank you so much that you want relationship with me. You want that with each person in this room. You want every one of us to be able to step into the presence of God. You want each of us to be with you at your table. You go before us and prepare a table for us, like the scripture says. All right. The next step in this is the what's called the altar of incense and this one is a little more nuanced it's a little something that's a really important step it's actually the final step before we can actually really take that step into the presence of god and it's the most important step and it's something that that i i I really have to uh stress that this is incredibly important uh, it's called the altar of incense because they had to take the fire and they had to light this bowl. It was basically a chain that held they held had to hold up like this. It was a chain with a ball at the bottom of it and that ball was filled with incense and they basically had to light that little ball of incense and then what they did was they held, as soon as that was burning, it was creating a little bit of incense smoke and they would then hold that in through the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. They would hold it in there and they would let the smoke from the incense fill the room before they stepped into that most holy place. Now, what is that incense? What is is representative of that? There's a really interesting scripture that that goes along with this. Ephesians 5 verse 2 says, Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. What's a pleasing aroma? Incense. He offered himself as the sweet smelling sacrifice for us. That was his love. So when you're sitting here, this is the thing that, that is going to be the, the the piece for us as we step into his presence, as we want to step through that veil. Now, there is one other little piece to this. Um, if we can bring the image back up on the screen real quick here. Separating step five and six was the veil. Now, the veil, uh, when the veil, when they had to walk through, they basically this veil was a very, very thick piece of cloth. It was actually like 10 layers thick. And they had to move this aside. They had to put this incense in there. They had to then let it fill the area. And then they were able, allowed to step in. When Jesus died on the cross, the scripture says that, uh, Matthew 27, 51, it says that at the moment that Jesus died, The curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, the temple was just the building that was after the tabernacle. It was laid out the same way. Everything was the same kind of thing. Now, what happened when Jesus died was this. that, That veil separating us from getting into the presence of God was torn in two. But there's a couple things to notice here. Number one, the veil itself was not ripped off of where it was. It stayed up. It was just torn in two. And the second thing is, is the temple itself or the tabernacle itself was not destroyed. The process stays the same. But our access is now open. All right. So what we're going to do in this particular uh, in this moment here is we're going to look at this from a heart of love. God wants us, he, he's, his love in us. And so this is where we're going to ask him to shed his love in us, to bring his love up inside of us, okay? So that we are in that place. Because here's the thing, if the priest didn't do this step or if they tried to do it with a different incense a different burning incense. They actually died going in there. So we're going to ask God to fill our hearts with his love for the people around us. We're going to ask him to start filling us with love. Now I'm going to ask, I'm going to say this. Once you ask this, if you're asking for this, expect some changes. Okay? Okay. So let's just take a couple of seconds here and just thank him for that. So thank you, Father, that you give us this love. You give us your love. Give us your love for the people around us, for the people that we pass by on the street, for the people that we work with, the people that we're around each day. Thank you. Give us the love of God, the way that you have it, that that would be willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to get them to know you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now here we are, and this is actually where we're going to close today. Okay. Because you have a decision to make. This is up to you. Do you want to step in to his presence through that veil now? Do you want to step into where he is? Lots of times when I'm doing this process, when I'm, pursuing him like this and I'm, I'm walking into this, I'll get to this veil part where I'm looking at it and I'll be like, I don't feel like I'm worthy to do this. I don't feel like I'm worthy to step into that, that presence. And I have to remind myself that I'm not, it's not me making myself worthy. All these things that we just walked through is what makes me worthy to be in that place. It's Jesus' sacrifice. Because here's the thing. Can you bring the image back up again? I want to show you this. Remember we said that Jesus fulfilled everything and this is how we're gonna do this i'm gonna we're gonna leave this i'm gonna basically stop at this and i'm gonna leave it for you to pray after this and if god wants to move in you or whatever that's great but i want to show you this you enter into the gates jesus is the perfect sacrifice he it's the washing of the water of the word that makes us clean his word he is the word of life he creates light in us He is the golden candlestick. He is the bread of life that we get to have intimate relationship with. He is the love of God. He is perfect love. And it's him, as we walk through these steps, we're basically walking with him into the presence of God. And it's all him. Nothing is to do with us. We left us way back. That whole praise and worship when we went through the gate, the whole purpose of praise and worship is not to stroke God's ego. It's to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto him. And as we do this, so I'm going to just say this. Here we are. We're at the veil. You have a right right now. You have the right right now to step into that. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.